This is the Mark Podcast from Lifeway Women. We're your hosts, Elizabeth Heineman and Kelly King. Each episode, we'll talk about what God is doing, how He has and is marking each of us. Sometimes that will be through interviews, and sometimes we'll have conversations around the table. We're so glad you've joined us today. And welcome to the Mark Podcast. I am Elizabeth Hyman, and I'm here with my co-host, Kelly King. Hey, Kelly. Hey, Elizabeth. It's always good to be back. I know. It's always fun to see each other, and we're doing this one via Zoom. So sorry if there's any weird recording sounds, but I think it'll be fine. I think it'll be fine. We, we've all gotten used to, you know, sometimes the audio is great. Sometimes it's a little sketchy, but we, the, the main thing is getting our good interviews. So we're excited yes. that we have a, a friend from Lifeway today. Yes. E, tell us a little bit about yourself and the work that you do at Lifeway. Sure. Um, my name is E. Bone Steel, and I've, I'm married with uh, four kids. Uh, we recently moved to Middle Tennessee after living in Spain for the last um, six and a half years. And so since living in uh, Tennessee, we started working with, or I started working with Lifeway, and um, I'm an editorial coordinator. So I get to work with writing and editing for LifewayResearch.com, as well as um, various different departments, writing and editing as well. Yeah, you're in a lot of different places, and you've actually lived in a lot of different places. You mentioned Spain, but tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about some of the places you've lived and a little bit about your, your journey, just of where the Lord has led you. Yeah, um, I was born in Vietnam, um, and I was a refugee coming out of the Vietnam War um, at a very young age. Um, I was only two, but I grew up in California, like a lot of other Vietnamese refugees at that time. And um, uh, my grandparents became Christians through missionaries in Vietnam, so they left a legacy for my family and for me. And um, we never traveled a lot growing up because we uh, were a low-income family. But once I started college, I went to a missions conference and just really got implanted in me a heart for missions, um, not only because of my grandparents, um, but just um, I just really enjoyed diversity and culture. And so starting in college, just going on short transmissions trips to Kyrgyzstan and Kazakhstan and after college, I, I um, decided to teach, teach English in China for a year and do ministry there. And coming back, um, I served in a Vietnamese church as well as a Filipino church and um, really tried to give uh, my youth groups hearts for mission and took them to Costa Rica and, and various places. And that continued my journey, and, and God really placed a heart um, for my family once it started to, to go overseas because um, a lot of people were really hesitant, I found, in the church. They're like, oh, I, I could never do that. But in our instance, we were like, oh, we, we could do that in a second. So um, kind of just said to ourselves, well, well, why aren't we overseas then? And so that started the, the journey to Spain and Madrid. And from there, um, just really ministering to people and church planning there and now we're here in Tennessee, which which is another culture in and itself. <laughs> it really is. And yeah. you know, okay, so I'm going to assume that not only do you speak English very very well, but I'm going to assume that you probably grew up with some, you know, Vietnamese, and exactly. now in 
Spanish being in Spain, but I, anything else like other languages? Um, I can speak a little bit of French. I took French in high school um, and college. So I did because um, um, my, my grandparents and my parents also spoke a little bit of French because of uh, French rule um, of Indochina, which is Vietnam. Also, um, I, you know, a little bit of Chinese, but I've, I've uh, lost it and Russian as well because of Central Asia. Um, but I can read the letters, the Cyrillic alphabet, and try try my best at it. <laughs> That's awesome. And so when working with you, I know that you're passionate about helping people understand the importance of multicultural experiences and understanding. Um, you've helped LifeWay in a lot of ways to do that. So we know that this probably stems from your background is very multicultural in lots of different places. But can you explain why all of us no matter where we live or what our experiences is, should have a multicultural lens today and maybe just some practical ways to do that. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, the world is at our fingertips now more than ever, you know, with Zoom, with, you know, we've realized that with the pandemic, businesses are are international and churches are as well. And to be effective and successful in, in work and in life in ministry, we need to understand other people and other cultures and not assume that they're similar to us in that sense. Um, not only overseas, but even in the States, there's, you know, the rise in ethnic diversity is growing so fast and it's amazing and beautiful, but it can cause tensions, you know, between people and that lack of understanding of other cultures or rather the, the understanding of other cultures really help in easing some of that tensions and helping each other um, understand uh, and work together better. Um, sometimes when we don't have a multicultural lens, we, we become myopic and it, we're un, unable to see the full extent of what God is doing in the world and, and through his people. And it's, it's, I mean, I'm surprised since I've been back in, in the States, you know, people love Enneagrams, you know, and part of that is because people love, you know, understanding themselves and other people better. And it's, it's easy to, um, to work together better when you know, you know, who's an eight and who's a five, but then I'm surprised at how they're not as, um, interested in learning about other cultures because you have, you get the same value. You under, you're able to work together better and you're able to um, just really enjoy people um, of different, you know, personalities, different cultures better. And so um, my hope is that more people would, would just get, get a, you know, even a basic understanding of whether it's Eastern Western cultural values or, you know, what the Hispanic culture is like or, or what black culture is like and, and Asian American uh, amongst a range of different um, cultures out there. And at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's, you know, God's creation is so beautiful and it's creative and it's diverse and beyond all the practical reasons, it's just fun. You know, it's fun getting to know people. It's fun to learn more and experience more from other people, their culture, food, travel. Um, God really knew what he was doing when he um, created the world and the, the vast expanse of differences. Um, and I think that's, that's really beautiful. And beyond that, actually, one more thing is, is we have to recognize that the Bible was written into a different culture than the American culture. And sometimes we forget that. And 
if we really wanted to study the Bible more and learn it more, we have to understand different types of cultures in the ancient Middle Eastern culture, which is a lot more similar to modern Eastern cultures than Western Eastern than Western culture. Yeah. I just, I was recently at the taping of Christy McClellan's new Bible study, and she brings that out a little bit. I mean, well, she's just a biblical culturalist anyway, and so she talked about how the Greeks, uh, their culture was really knowledge-based, Romans were very power-based, and she said, for Jewish it was all about the light. Like light, light was a very much a part of their culture, and so mm-hmm. learning that. But I do think, like the pandemic, um, for me personally, like I have missed traveling to other countries, and even in my day to day world since coming to Lifeway, in in my former position, I had the opportunities to visit lots of countries. In fact. Um, Spain and Portugal and Latvia were the last places I got to go, and that's been six years ago. And I think it's really easy once, like when you're kind of, you said the myopic, you know, viewpoint. It's, I used to think that I had a better understanding, but because I haven't been able to travel or I haven't traveled, like it's really easy to become insulated um, in our day to day, like what we're doing and how we get really busy and maybe we don't think about it. But, there are, like you even mentioned, like we live in a community where there are, there, we need to have a global perspective. Right. So how do we do that? How do we practically engage with others in our communities who, who've maybe moved here and, and that we need to engage with? I think it, you know, I think it's actually easier than we think. You know, it doesn't have to be a, a huge amount of effort. Sometimes it's just going to an ethnic restaurant, you know, and learning about their culture and striking up conversation with the waitress or the owner, um, whether it's a Thai restaurant, Ethiopian restaurant, there's so many out there. Um, you know, maybe you have to travel a little bit, you know, an hour to go there, but it's, that's one way of, of an, uh, being able to, to, engage with other cultures. Um, other things is just having on your news feed or your social media feeds, um, you know, different missions organizations or IMB or Voice of the Martyrs, or even like travel and leisure. You know, sometimes I have that on my Instagram because there's so many beautiful places around the world and just being just being aware of the fact that there's other places and other people. Um, and another thing too is like, find your local library and volunteer with like English classes. Um, a lot of libraries have like uh, English classes or volunteering in um, soup kitchens or different places where sometimes immigrants or ethnic uh, minorities are um, more of our vulnerable people. And so they need a little bit more resources and you'll find people in places like food pantries and just to talk to them and serve them and hear their stories. Um, it's amazing what you can learn from just those simple moves. And I know a lot of cities, especially like the maybe larger cities like Nashville, have a lot of parachurch organizations who do things like that. Like we have an organization here that um, meets refugees, you know, mm-hmm. off the plane and helps them. Here's how you grocery shop. Here's how you do these different things that we don't think about as being difficult because. Um, we all read English, but um, I know I volunteer with a parachurch organization to help um, people pass their high school equivalency tests because they um, come over here and they may have a doctorate in their country, but it doesn't count for whatever reason as a high school diploma here. And so, which is 
crazy, but that's just how it is. And so they have to learn how to read in English um, well enough to pass a test. And so there's just lots of different organizations that you could do. And, and we have volunteers with that organization who just watch people's kids while they go and learn English. So you don't have to be like, some people might think there's no way I could teach English or something like that, but you can volunteer. There's people that serve food um, Mm -hmm. on those nights. And so there's lots of ways to help. So definitely check those out. I love those ideas. Um, And you mentioned the news, and it's easy to watch the news, especially these days, and get discouraged about the never-ending conflicts, um, abuse toward women, and I think there's a lot of, it's easy to get overwhelmed, even just with prayer requests. Like, I feel like sometimes I'm just like, I don't even remember all the things that I've said that I'm praying for. Like, I'm trying, you know, I pray in the moment, um, but it's like, what, what all should we be praying for and all those kinds of things? So what are some practical ways that women can engage with the news um, and how can churches be engaged in making a difference when it seems so overwhelming to do so? Yeah, I think, you know, like you said, prayer is um, a big one and just partnering with God and interceding with people. Cause a lot of times, you know, um, just our own, own families, you know, we're, we, we, we all live busy lives and stuff and, but praying is something we all can do. Um, and, whether it's just picking one new story or one country um, a month at a time and praying for that country and, and either seeking out ways to, um, to learn more about that country with your family, like cooking, cooking different types of foods um, or um, teaching if you're homeschooling or, or teaching your kids about different, you know, cultures and countries. Um, that's one way. And, um, in terms of churches, you know, I, I think sometimes too, like one of the things I forgot to mention is, is just visiting other churches of ethnic minority um, cultures. You, know, you might feel really awkward um, going there, but that's how they feel sometimes going into our churches. And so engaging in those simple ways of just um, those moments and, and also praying for opportunities. You'd be surprised to see what God actually does because sometimes he'll just bring random people into your life at the park, at the grocery store and striking up those conversations um, with people uh, helps you to understand their story a little bit better. I think too, like even a church that maybe has that connection with maybe a people group or maybe they adopt an unreached people group and you start praying for that people group. There is something about, God giving you the heart for that people, and you start noticing, you start, um, or if you've been to a country, um, one of the first countries I ever visited on a mission trip um, was in Bangladesh, and I did not know a lot about that country beforehand, but even today, I mean, that was 16 years ago, but anytime I hear Bangladesh on the news, or I hear something about it, like, I I have a new awareness, and so there is something about engaging with a country or people group or, you know, whatever that might look like for your church. Um, even if you have someone in your, your church that a family member is serving overseas or even working overseas, it just really does kind of help you develop that heart. Right. Right. Yeah. Put faces to the prayer requests, which is always helpful. And we'll link in the show notes. Um, the IMB, the international mission board has a great website with, just prayer requests. And so you can kind of log on every day and just kind of, you can read more about them. So that way you can kind of get to know them and you could do like Kelly says, and just think through like, okay, which of these people groups or this 
it, you can pray for missionaries, families specifically, and just kind of um, learn more about them and the work they're doing over there. So we'll, we'll link to that website in the show notes for sure. Yeah. Okay. E, there's what people don't know about you and what even Elizabeth and I don't always know about you. Like you have like hidden talents. You have things <laughs> like there's, you are very much a, um, you're a very complex, like, per, like you've had so many experiences, which make you very unique. And so, but I will say the other day I was proofing the program for women's forum, um, because that's coming up and you're going to be doing a breakout and on your little description, it said expert karaoke singer. And I think we all need to know wh- like, where did that come from? And a little bit of the story there. And what's your go-to song? Yeah. Right. Um, I don't know if people realize this, maybe it's this, uh, it's a, just a West coast Asian thing, but like a lot of Asian families, like, especially growing up in my family, there'll be family parties with all my relatives, like 40 of my closest relatives for a birthday party or a holiday. And there would always be an open mic, um, a karaoke mic. It's, it's like a family entertainment thing. And so, um, and I was telling this to somebody and they're like, Oh, is everybody like hamming it up? Like being funny? I was like, no, we take it really serious. Um, so, uh, you know, it's a, it's an activity that little kids can do. They go up and they'll sing twinkle, twinkle, little star or whatever. And, uh, older people do sing their favorite pop classic or a Vietnamese song or, you know, uh, and, um, so it's been always a part of my family. So when, when I got married, I told my husband, like, yeah, your first gift to me is a karaoke mic. So um, we always have a karaoke uh, mic in our families. Um, and so in our, uh, for my go-to song is Dancing Queen. You got to do a little Dancing Queen, ABBA. Um, I do Daydream Believer, Monkeys. I do some monkeys there. And um, an old classic, I don't know if anybody knows this, but Barry Manilow singing Mandy, right? So... <laughs> We got to love some Barry Manilow. Right. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm just thinking, Elizabeth, I know you're not going to be at Forum because, you know, you're going to be traveling during Forum, but we might need to have, we might need to have a karaoke sing-off. That would be so that fun. Be really fun. Yes. I will not It'd be, be like old CCM though. That would be, that would be really yes. fun. <laughs> yes. I mean, like I love to sing, but I think it's hard to sing karaoke. It I think is. You got to keep the audience engaged. Well, I mean, I guess it depends on what you're looking for. I mean, I think when we Asians sing it, we're just like, we're just singing to ourselves and sing. Like, <laughs> that's one of the things, what what people don't know about me. Like, if I want to wind down, I'm in my room, I'm in the living room, singing karaoke to myself. So um, people think that's weird, but that's okay. <laughs> I love it. We all have our things. <laughs> If I need to de-stress, a lot of times I put on like a, a dancing playlist and just dance around the room like no <laughs> one's watching because no one is. And so it's great. It's a great stress reliever. Yeah. So, so we want to know too, you mentioned um, eating at ethnically diverse restaurants or yeah. restaurants of a different ethnicity than you are. So what are some favorite recipes? Do you have any that you've picked up from living in so many different countries? Yeah, actually, like when I was living in China, um, one of the things that I really enjoyed, which was so simple, was like a stir-fried lettuce. Like Mm. it's just iceberg lettuce that we normally don't stir-fry, but it's stir-fried with garlic and some chili peppers and soy sauce and a little bit of salt and pepper. And it's like my kids love it. It's so simple. And um, I wouldn't have learned about it had I not gone to China. Um, from Spain, paella is a little bit more complicated, but delicious. 
And the and the best part is like when you when you have like a crusty bottom where the rice is that's that's the Spanish people's favorite part where it's like slightly burnt. Mm. Um, so people love that, and uh, I've tried to cook that a couple of times. And actually, in Central Asia, I learned um, about shashlik, which is a skewered lamb kebab um, over an open grill. So simple, but with like cumin and paprika, garlic powder, and different spices. So delicious. I love lamb. I think you might have to do like a recipes from around the world post for Lifeway Women. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we'll have to include all of these in the show notes. People will want to be able to make them. I love, I love to cook and throw parties. So yeah. I'm up for that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, like you stir fry, like you stir fry the lettuce. It's not like you stir fry the stuff and put it on the lettuce. Like a, a, you stir fry the lettuce. Yes. Now, yeah. I've recently heard of grilled romaine. And I haven't tried it yet, but people say that it's really good. And I would have never thought about grilling just lettuce, essentially. So I guess it'd be similar. <laughs> I bet it's like poor people's food, you know, like who, who would think about like stir frying lettuce. But it's actually really good because there's like a slight crunch to it. And like you said, it's probably like grilled romaine in that sense. But, you know, you have garlic in it and chili peppers. and so do, you put, do you put a little oil in there too? Yes. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't get slimy, so the lettuce doesn't get slimy. Um, I don't. Th- well, I guess it's what you consider slimy. <laughs> so um, I don't think so. But you know, anything stir fried gets does get a little slimy. But don't don't stir fry it like completely. So it's really a quick dish in terms of like it's a nice side. I'm gonna try it. Yeah, I'd try it. Okay, so the question that we always ask is what has marked you in your walk with Christ? Yeah, I I love this question because I think like in my kind of own personal journey with God, I always think that he places in us a certain characteristic about him that he moves in our journey um, with. Um, So for me as a teen, starting as a teen, one of the the things that he taught me most and has always been ingrained in my heart and my mind is his sovereignty and Understanding that he's sovereign and that he's in control of all things has really helped me go through through the ups and downs of life. Um, so when when we understand that God's all good and all powerful and in control of all things, he, we're able to take more risks with God. You know, we're able to to go overseas or or talk to our neighbor about Christ or start a new ministry. You know, go to Spain. These things um, is only. We're, we're only able to do because we understand that God's in control of it. So whatever risks there are, like he's in control of that as well. And on the other side, you know, we understand also that the triumphs and, and the mountaintops and the successes that we've had, it's, it's all because of him. So it keeps us hum- humble, you know, so um, understanding he's sovereign in those things, as well as sovereign in the, in the trials and the valleys that we know God is in control and we just need to persevere and endure and decide for ourselves what we need to learn from the experience. So his sovereignty is, is essential for our walk and, and has really marked me and helped me understand who he is more as, as I grasped onto that um, throughout my life and looked back and see that, that he, is, he is in control and understanding that helps us grow in our walks with Christ, Christ and get, get closer to him. Yeah, I think about that's that's really what helped the early church persevere through the trials, wasn't it? Is knowing that God's sovereignty was always in, he was in control. So that's yeah. really good. 
Well, thank you so much. This has been such a fun conversation, and I'm really looking forward to just having you at our Women's Forum and um, the things that you do for Lifeway, and we always love reading what you write. Um, so thank you so much for being with us. And um, listeners, you, you're, if you don't know how to get in connected with Lifeway Voices, Elizabeth, what's a good way for them to, to do that and even Lifeway Research? lifewayvoices.com and lifewayresearch.com. We'll put the links in the show notes in case you're not at your computer right now. Um, but it's pretty simple. Yeah. And Eve writes for both of those quite often. So you can see her stuff there. Absolutely. Well, thanks again. And listeners, we look forward to seeing you back next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks, Kelly. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join in on the conversation, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kelly D. King and at E.D. Heinemann. Use the hashtag MarkedPodcast to connect with us. You can also find Lifeway Women on all social media channels at Lifeway Women. All of today's show notes will be posted at LifewayWomen.com slash podcast. If you love the show, leave an iTunes review. It's a great way for other people to hear about the podcast. We'll see you next time.